whatever you have. Let's make this confession. Hold, hold your Bibles up over your head. Let's make this, this confession. I believe everything that my Bible says. No matter what the devil says. No matter what people say. No matter what my circumstances say. Today I'm a believer. Therefore I'm a receiver. And I will have absolutely everything that heaven has for me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. There's our confession. Glory to God. Glory to God. We're going to receive everything that heaven has for us today. Hallelujah. Well, if you would, open your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Last week we started talking about your thought life, and we're going to continue in that vein today. Uh, we'll start off with our, our base scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And I want to look here at verse 31. And it says, whether, whether therefore you eat or you drink, or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Now what does that mean? That means everything that you do. Not just when you're at church. Not when you're just, you know, Sunday, and you're talking about Christian type things, but in everything you do, while you're working, while you're home playing, do all to the glory of God. As a matter of fact, you know, what it's saying is do everything that what you do, it glorifies the Lord. It praises Him. So one of the main aspects we started talking about last week was your thought life. All right? Every thought that you have is not your thought. It may be revelation to some people. But that's okay. It's the truth that you know will set you free. That's what Jesus said. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you shall know the truth. And the truth that you know, that'll make you free. See, a lot of people are in bondage today because of uh, man's tradition. Devil's, the devil's, Satan's twisted things and got them to think that every thought that they have is their thoughts. No, it's not. No, it's not. You know, you battle things and don't realize because as a Christian, I'm talking about as a Christian now, a Christian should not be troubled in their mind or harassed in their mind. I said they shouldn't be. I know they are. They shouldn't be. Why is that, Pastor? It's real simple. Because their mind's not renewed to the Word of God. An interesting thing, I was talking to a, a Spanish brother last night, and as a matter of fact, let's just go there. Go to Romans chapter 12, and because uh, I want to look at this. This is, this is exciting. i got a lot of exciting stuff to share with you today. <laughs> Praise God. Romans chapter 12. And I might, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to read out of the uh, Amplified so it'll be a little, a little bit different. Donna, you got your Amplified Bible with you? Okay, you're already there, and this words are a little bit small for me. <laughs> if you would, read verses 1 and 2. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2.
presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Hmm. Do not be conformed to this world, fashioned after and adapted to external superficial customs, but be transformed by the entire renewal of your mind by its new ideals and new attitudes, so that you may prove for yourself what is the good and acceptable and perfect will oh of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. Praise God. That, that's, some, that's why I had to read the Amplified, because it's just power-packed. It, it calls it, you know, it's, it's your reasonable form of, of worship, having your mind. Tra it's called worship. See, when, when your mind's being renewed, God looks at it and says, look at my people down there, they're, they're worshiping me. Uh, they're reading the Bible, Lord. Uh, I look at it, they're worshiping me. That's how God looks at it. He looks at it when you're studying the Word, when you're reading, meditating on the Word, and you don't read the Word like you read a book. You don't sit there and say, oh, I read 15 chapters today. Yeah, but you didn't retain any of it. It's better to take two verses and just meditate on those all day long and get something out of it. Same thing. Actually, you're going to get more out of the Bible that way if you'll do it that way. But he talks about that you have, in the, in the King James, it says the renewing of your mind. Well, that's true. Yeah, your mind needs to be renewed. But in the, in, the, in the Spanish version of it, it uses the word renovation. Well, guess what English word you can get from that? Renovation. renovation. Yeah, your mind's got to be renovated. Yeah. You imagine going to, you, you see these people on television, they go in and they renovate these homes. Well, there's a house right down here. As a matter of fact, if you've been paying attention, uh, I don't know, you come out here to the parking lot and go down that way about three or four houses down, they gutted the hole inside. They took it down to the two-by-fours. Ripped up the floor. Everything. What's that called? That's called a renovation. <laughs> and that's what the word is saying. Take out all that old junk that's in your head. Get rid of it. Because it's going to weigh you down. It's going to cause trouble in your life. You're going to have to have your mind renewed to the word of God. When you go through that process... It starts changing how you think, and you quit meditating on the wrong things. People that have depression. All right, a Christian doesn't have, the devil cannot keep you depressed. The reason why a Christian is depressed is they haven't renewed their mind. They haven't renewed their mind. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now I'm a, the Lord's going to really <laughs> make some changes here in our thinking. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Yeah, let's, let's start there. Yeah, there in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's pick it up here in uh, verse 14. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he 
neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. What's natural man mean? It means a fleshly man. A man that thinks with his mind. You're not going to discern them. Just a spiritually discerned. But if he, verse 15, but if he that is spiritual, but he that is spiritual judges all things. Not people. Not people. Things. Yeah, you're called as a Christian to judge things. Not people. Things. Keep that in mind. Because see, the world will tell you, well, you're a Christian, you're not supposed to judge, judge th that situation. Yeah, we are. The Bible does tell you. It says, he that is spiritual judges all things. All right? Yet he himself is judged of no man. That's interesting. See, that separates you right from the world. You're not like the rest of the world. All right? Because here's why. Here, we're going to see that here in just a second. Look at verse 16. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Wow. See where there's a battle? Your old mind's trying to battle. Your old mind is trying to tell you what to do. I guess we, we talked about this last week. If you let your mind run your life, your mind is not designed to do that. You are designed by God, by heaven, to be led by the Spirit of God. You were never designed to be led by your, your mind, or your thoughts. It's, it's using the wrong tool. You know, uh, a while ago we were talking about building a sound booth back here. All right? It'd be like this. Let's say tomorrow we start building the sound booth. Tim shows up and he's got some stuff. And here comes Pastor in with a bulldozer. Uh, wrong tool, bud. We don't want to tear down the whole building. We want to build a sound booth. Wrong tool, all right, to do the, to do the job. It's not, that's what your mind is. If you're making decisions in your mind about things, it's the wrong tool to do the job. That's why people suffer depression. Their mind overwhelms them. They're thinking about things, thinking about everything that's going on in their life. How am I going to correct this? You can't. Not by yourself. You can't. But you have to see, you have the mind of Christ. And that's what you, that's what you meditate on. Father, this situation that's going on in my life, whatever it may be, according to your word, your word says I have the mind of Christ, so therefore I have the answer. It's just up here in the file somewhere. All I got to do is go through the hard drive somewhere and find that. I thank you for showing me that. Thank you for showing me that. See, I didn't deny that I had the mind of Christ. But here's what a lot of people do when they come under a stressful situation. Something happens at work, home, whatever. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I don't know how we're going to turn this. Honey, I don't know how we're going to turn this financial situation around at home. It looks, we, we may even have to file for bankruptcy. That ain't God. And what have you done? You've just, you just denied the mind of Christ that's in you. The opportunity. Well, pastor, that's not what I meant. It doesn't mean what you meant. It's what you said. Proverbs 18, 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those that love it will eat the fruit thereof. In other words, it says, every time you speak, you're giving death to something and life to something. 
every single time. It didn't say death or life. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. And, the fruit, and those that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Well, you say you don't want anything bad to happen, but yet you always keep talking about all these bad things happening in your life. That's what you love. Oh, no, Pastor, I don't love that. Yes, you do. you got to understand, biblically, you do love them. Because that's what you're focused on. That's why it keeps coming back. That's why you can't get a raise at work, because you're always talking bad about your bosses and saying, why don't they give me more money? Because I'm doing a lot more than these other people over here. Oh, that's not the way you answer this situation. You've got to change what you're saying. You've got to change what you're thinking about. You've got the mind of Christ. The Lord will show you what to say. He'll show you His word. Turn your whole situation home. The whole, the whole atmosphere of your life can be changed if you bring into captivity, as Paul said, bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. What does that mean? If I've got a thought in my head, and I, and I don't, I'm sure I'm not the only one that has had some really wild thoughts hit our heads, but you, you, know, you ever had a thought and thought, I don't even think that way. Where did that come from? Guess what? It's coming from the enemy. Because he, he looks to weary you, wear you down, get you thinking wrong. So that's what happens. Somebody gets a depressed think, thought in their head, and they keep meditating on that. I'm never going to get out of this situation. Things ain't ever going to change. Here's another one I'll show you. Go to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. Lord showed me this this week. You know, I like to say this stuff is all old stuff for me. No, it's not. Some of it's, it's, I'm hearing it for the first time. And you know what? I had read this scripture. <laughs> and I've heard it spoken. I don't know. Thousands of times. I read it hundreds, maybe thousands of times. But I never saw what, I, what I'm about to show you. I've preached it. I've preached it, what I'm about to show you. I've preached it. I've preached it. But I didn't see it in the scripture. But I knew it by spirit. There's just some things you know by the spirit. Galatians chapter 2, you there? This is what I call a refrigerator scripture. A lot of people put it on the refrigerators. I don't know, we, may, we may have had it at one time. That doesn't mean anything bad. It just means sometimes we put stuff on a refrigerator and you don't want to pay attention to what it says. It looks nice. Verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You didn't catch it, did you? I'm crucified with Christ, so I'm not living for my life. Yeah, that's, a, that's one part of it. Yeah, that's good, that's good, that's true. Let's go on here. Yet not I, but Christ that lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh... I live by the faith of the Son of God. 
My faith is not my faith, it's his. You heard a Christian say this, well, if I had the faith of Jesus, you! Amen. There it is, right in the word. Now, the interlinear Greek and Hebrew, it says, it reads this verse, this scripture this way. The faith that I live, it's from the Son of God. Same thing. So see, you think you've been having trouble using your faith? No, you've got the faith of Jesus. It's not your faith. <laughs> it's not your faith. It's his faith. you just got to believe it. You've got to believe that you have authority, you have power, because he gave it to you. And then what he said to the disciples, he said, go out and make disciples. He didn't say make followers. We're, we're not teaching people to be followers of Christ. We're teaching them to be disciples. What's a disciple? They do what Jesus did. And they got a revelation because when they say, I, I heard a, a minister say this years ago. It was, it was uh, Pastor Mark Hankins said this. He said, the Lord Jesus appeared to him one time. And he said, Pastor, if my people would get a revelation of this, it could change their lives. And here's what the, the Lord said to him. He said, my words in my mouth are just as powerful as my words in their mouth. There's your scripture right there for it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And you understand that. You've got a situation to come up in your life, you speak to it. You have to speak to situations that rise up in your life. What do most people do? They don't do anything about it. They just complain about it. They talk about the problem. Talking about the problem is not going to get it to correct. It's not. It's, yeah, it's going to make it bigger. And, and not only make it bigger, it's going to affect everybody around you negatively. Everyone. Why? Because you're going through something bad and you won't change the atmosphere and you have now the knowledge and understanding. You have the power to change the whole atmosphere around you because of the Word of God. It's right there in Scripture. Right there. You know, a lot of times people, when bad things happen, I see this in a vision. The Lord was showing me this for, for a, a, a man. And I thought, well, maybe he'd be here today. He's not, but I'll just share with you. I started to mention something earlier about it, and this is what I was going to talk about. He had this thinking in his mind that God had caused a lot of bad things to happen in his life. He lost some people that he loved and cared about and blamed God. You know, which a lot of times that's what happened. The Bible says in Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for two reasons. Only two. None of them are the devil. The devil's not even mentioned there. It says my people are destroyed for two reasons. A lack of knowledge. And they reject knowledge. So what you don't know can destroy your life. What you do know and you won't do anything about it can destroy your life too. It's not God's will. 
Let's go to the New Testament, John 10, 10. Jesus said this. He said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I came to give you life and life in abundance. It's real simple. If it's good, it's God. If it's bad, it's the devil. God didn't take somebody off this earth because he needed them in heaven. I mean, I've heard preachers say that over the years, and I'm like, oh my gosh. If God needs some of us in heaven, he's in trouble. <laughs> I mean, how crazy is that? If, if God's sitting on the throne and say, hey, Jesus, we need old Bill down there. He's the only one who can fix that problem. <laughs> that conversation never happened. Never, never even happened. So what happens? People are destroyed because of a lack of what they know. Or because they know it, but they won't do it. I've seen it happen. I've seen it many, many times. People know the truth, but they... Uh, I just... I don't feel comfortable with that. Well, do you, feel, do you feel comfortable in a casket? Well, no, I don't want that to happen. Well, then you've got two choices. It's the casket or you're going to have to do something here. Remember when Jesus is walking with the disciples one day and he comes up to a fig tree. And he was hungry. It says he was hungered. Yeah, it says he was hungered. He was a hunt. He was hungry. And he went over to get a fig because he, was, he wanted to eat something. And it says the time of the figs had not come. But it had leaves on it. Well, with a fig tree, if it has leaves, it should have fruit. And he cursed it. It, or it, didn't say he, it says he answered it. He answered it. Can fig trees talk? Apparently this one was. What was it telling him? It was telling him, you ain't getting no fruit from me, buddy. I ain't got no fruit for you. It says he answered it and cursed it to the root. And then the following day, when they came back by, Jesus didn't come back by, but the disciples wandered over to it and said, Jesus, come look at this. This thing is dried up from the roots. Jesus' response, have faith in God. He didn't go over and look at it. He knew what he said was coming to pass. You have the same thing in you. We just read it there. Now, if you've got a fig tree at home, don't go home and curse the thing. I mean, you know, that's not, but you know, you, there's things that come up in your life. You better answer it. You better have an answer. Because it's speaking. And if you don't have an answer from the Word of God, it can cost you. It'll cost you financially. It'll cost you your peace. Because why? You won't answer it. You've got to answer some things. Let's look here. Let's go on here. Praise God. Y'all get anything? Hallelujah. I, there's a lot here that the Lord just put on my mind. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Third John, thank you, Lord. Third John. Uh, that was kind of a, a neat thing that happened to me the other night. When I, when, I, when I share with my Hispanic friends the Bible, I, I try to speak in Spanish, piquito. Um, and uh, 
I, I would always, like when it comes to like 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, I would, I would always say uh, primero, Juan, segundo, Juan. He'd never get it. He'd never find it. He's like, he'd start reading. I said, go ahead and read. And he starts reading. I'm like, that, that's not where I told you to go. Well, the Holy Ghost spoke to me. He said, quit saying that. I said, saying what? He said, quit saying, using primero and segundo. He said, call it by the number. Uno, one. Uno, one. Dos, one. Tres, one. He was on it every single time. I didn't know. He didn't tell me that. Now, he could have told me. He could have said, Pastor, the reason why I can't get that is you keep pronouncing it wrong. It's, it's messing me up, but he didn't know enough. He's still learning. All right? Third John, you there? All right, reading from the King James, it says, verse 2, Beloved, I wish, and actually that is a terrible, terrible translation of that word. It's really the word prayer. I pray above all things, and all is what? All. You can do some deep research on that word all, and you'll find that all means all. Save yourself some time. I, I pray above all things that you may as prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So notice that your prosperity and your health has something to do with how you think. Change how you think, you can get healed. Change how you think, you can prosper. I don't know, honey, I don't know why we, we always seem to run out of money before we run out of month. Well, that's what you've been saying for all these years. That's why it happens. You notice people are always talking about their broke. Well, we're always broke. That's why you're broke. We're always sick. That's why you're sick. Yeah. You say it. Death and life. See, that works whether you're a believer or not. It, it doesn't just work for Christians. Yeah. You'll find it overflowing in non-Christians' lives. Because that's what they talk. I have a guy I work with, and... Um, so you got to listen to the Lord. I've been ministering to this guy for, for years. And um, he's just quite, kind of one of those gruff old country boys. He's always cussing. Always cussing. Well, you know, I, I don't sit there and say, hey, I'm a Christian. I don't want to hear you talk about that. I'm more concerned about his soul. It don't offend me. It offends the Father. I'm not crazy about it. I'm, I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying I'm not, I, that's not my interest. My interest is his heart, his spirit. And he's gone through a lot of things, and he, he doesn't look real great. And uh, we, he, I was talking to him the other early part of the week about retirement, and he said, well, I'd like to get out of here here in the next year or two because I'd like to enjoy a little bit of retirement because I'm, I'm not going to live till to 80. So why, why do you say that, brother? He said, well, you know, I've already had a heart attack. My wife's had a heart attack. We don't have the greatest of health. I said, I'll tell you what. What you need to do is you need to open your Bible up. When you get home tonight, go to Psalm 91. Read Psalm 91. And the first 10, 11 verses of Psalm 91 is all about us with the Father. The last four verses is his promises to us. And you'll find in there, he said, with long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. 
Let me ask you, are you satisfied? Are you ready to check out of here? No, man. <laughs> I don't want to do that. So then go home and read that Bible. He goes home and he reads it. Comes back the next day. It was two days later. I didn't see him the next day. Wasn't concerned. I already planted the seed. It's an incorruptible seed. It's coming up. Two days later, he, he, he come up to me and he said, Hey, brother. There was no cuss word in it. He said, I read that, what you said. I said, yeah. Changes things, doesn't it? Not what you've been told. He said, it sure does. I said, I want you to go home now and read Proverbs 18, verse 21. I just told you that. Death and life and the power of the tongue, those that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. He did. He went home. He did. He come back the next day and he said, wow, there's something to this. I said, yeah, God's trying to tell you something. You don't have to check out of here. But see, the world is trying to get you to conform to their ways of thinking. That at 75, 65, 75, 80, hey, it's time to go. It ain't. You, you, you have more to say about how long you live than you realize. Well, what about that scripture that it's, a, it's appointed on demand to die, time to die? It didn't say that. No, no, no. You better go reread it. It says it's appointed unto man once to die. That means when you die, you're not coming back as a cow. You're not coming back as the family dog. You're going to die one time and that's it. It doesn't say a time to die. You have more to say about that length of time than you realize. <clears throat> Lack of knowledge will destroy you. Lack of knowledge will destroy you. So, our health is connected to how we think. We have to think right. What do you do? You get these thoughts in your head, you better take a hold of them and say, I am, I'm going to answer that thought. I don't think that way. I, I may have used to, but I don't think that way anymore. I'm changing how I think. Why? Because I've got the mind of Christ. I don't sit here and meditate. Well, what if this, what if my faith doesn't work? Come on. You just saw your faith is not your faith. It's Jesus' faith. It's no different than him on the throne. He's at the right hand of the Father. It's the same thing as he stepped down here with, and stood right next to you, Cheryl, and said, okay, what do you want to believe for to happen today? And she says, well, can, is there anything I can't believe? If it's in the Bible, you, you can believe for it. Well, how about long life? Yeah. Is that, what you, is that what you want to use your faith on today? Yeah. Okay, I believe with you. because oh, now, now you feel real good because Jesus is standing right next to you saying, I'm believing with you. He is. He already is. He has been. You've got to keep that revelation in your, in your spirits that what you say, what you declare, is coming to pass. Remember that scripture in Mark where he answered the fig tree. And he answered the disciples, he said, have faith in God. He said, Lord, I say unto you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast in the sea, 
and not doubt in his heart, you shall have what you say. It shall be given unto you. Right? The very next part of that, though, he says, if you have unforgiveness toward anyone, forgive them. Because if you have unforgiveness, my Father which is in heaven will not forgive you. Forgiveness is not based on a feeling. It ha your feelings have nothing to do with it. Your, your ability or inability to remember it has nothing to do with it. You forgive because you choose to. I choose to forgive these people. People that have done anything bad to me, I forgive them. Anything I feel bad about myself, I forgive myself. I don't care how I feel. I'm forgiven. They're forgiven. Because that's what I said. His death and life are in the power of my tongue. I just said they're forgiven. Now that thought, the devil will try to get that back up into you and say, Hey, remember what those guys did? Uh, no, that's under the blood. I'm not, I'm not going there no more. I'm not thinking about that. I'm changing how I think. I've forgiven them. So I, have, I get what I say. I have what the Word of God says. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's look at this here. Praise God. Go to Isaiah 26. Isaiah 26. And I'm, I'm going to read to the, from the Amplified in Isaiah 26. This will help you. Say amen when you're there. Okay. Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace, whose mind, both its inclination and its character, is stayed on you, because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. I like that because it says your character. What's your character? Your character is who you are when nobody's around. Everybody can be great in front of people. Right? But when nobody's around, who are you? You say right here, if, if you're the righteousness of Christ and you're, you're taking a power and authority over your mind, his peace will be upon you. Great peace. And I got news for you. If it's peace, it's everything. You can't separate peace from health. You can't say I'm in peace and I'm in, but I, I got bad health. No, no, no. They go together. Peace and health go together. I don't care what's going on in your body. We're talking about using your faith. If I'm in peace, I'm healed. Oh, I may have issues going on about my body, but I'm not paying attention to those. I'm using Jesus' faith to heal my body. I'm healed. Now, the doctors may say something about me, but I'm not, I'm not hanging my head on what the doctors say. They're, 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 they're just giving you the facts, but the facts are subject to change. The truth is not. 
You're believing what the Bible says above everything else. It's changing your situation. It's changing you. It's awakening your situation because now you understand, you start to see. Hang with me. Go to Titus chapter 1. Where's Titus at? It's right before the book of Hebrews. Real short little bitty book. Look at this here. This is awesome. <laughs> See, what we're talking about is we're talking about meditating on the Word of God. Some of these scriptures, what you want to do is in your Bible, if you've got a Bible like this, you want to go ahead and mark in it. Highlight that thing. So that you know that later on you come back and you see, hey, I, I highlighted it. Why did I highlight it? Oh, wow, now I see why I highlighted that. It saves you time. Rather than having to read a whole, whole bunch of stuff. Titus chapter 1, you there? Verse 15. Under the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and their conscience is defiled. See, if you meditate on the wrong things long enough, your conscience will be defiled. You'll be unbelieving. And that'll hinder you from receiving. You, you can't have doubt and worry in your life and think you're in faith. They don't, the two don't go together. The two does not go together. You're either in faith or you're in doubt. Verse 16, they profess that they know God, but in their works they deny him. Being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. That's an interesting scripture. Because they don't think right. They say they know God, but they deny him because their testimony is the word's not working for me. I mean, they don't say that in those words, but they do say that. I don't know why I'm all sick. I don't know why we're always broke. I don't know why, I don't know why my kids are serving the devil all the time. I can't get them to listen to me. It's because of what you say. Change how you think. Change how you think. You'll change your whole life. Bring every word captive. I remember there's a story about a, a minister. He was called to this um, man's house, and he was a, a war veteran, and he'd seen a lot of things in, in the war. And... Uh, was a Christian, but he struggled with a lot of his thought life. And they called him over there to because he was dying. He was going to die. And the, uh, the family had invited him over to come and pray with him. And he said he was there as, as this, this man, this gentleman, went home to be with the Lord. And he said the Lord opened his eyes and he saw something he never thought he would see. He said, I saw the man's spirit come out of his body and go up. 
And this man was troubled because of what he had done in the war and what he'd seen and things like that, things that he experienced. But he said when he, when he came out of his spirit, came out of his body, he noticed something fall from him and fall onto the ground and he looked at it and it was like a mask that was circling around his face. And when he looked at the mask, he could see inside the mask, it was replaying everything that had happened in his life that was bad. So every day, what he saw, the devil was replaying in his, in his mind past events, and it affected him. He couldn't get beyond it. It cost him, ultimately, it cost him his life here on earth. It didn't cost him eternal life, but it cost him his life here on earth because he didn't correct some things. Go to Hebrews. Hebrews. Chapter 9, Hebrews 9. scriptures here. Verse 13 says, For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And that story I just told you, this is what the scripture is saying. Purge your conscience from dead works. Now, I'm, I'm going to read to you what a, another version says about it. It says, how much more shall, shall it purge your reply of the mind? See, because your mind keeps going over the same thing over and over and over and over and over but the blood of Jesus will purge your mind of those thoughts because you've been forgiven. You're, you're forgiven. Quit thinking about the past. Quit thinking about it. What's in the past is the past. God's forgiven you. I don't care what you did. It makes no difference in heaven what a person did. Well, you mean, Pastor, if somebody went out of here and they killed, it doesn't matter what they did. That's what the Bible says. God will forgive them. Now, they might leave this planet a long time before they're supposed to, but they'll go to heaven because heaven will forgive you because of Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection from the cross. How much more will it purge your mind? A lot more, right? A lot more. Now I want to do something as we close here. Anybody here? Now I want to say this first. Lester Summerall said this. He's in heaven now. 
Lester Soloff said this. He said, there's not a Christian alive that will not experience the thoughts of suicide in their, at one time in their life or more. Not a Christian around. Why is that? Because Jesus was experienced it. Remember, Satan took him up to the highest point on the temple and said, go ahead and jump off here. Then the Bible says that God has given his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. And what did Jesus say? The word of God says, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. He answered it. See, when you get thoughts of suicide, you better have an answer for it. I've got the mind of Christ. I'm not, I'm not coming out of this body till I'm ready. I'm not satisfied. So, in that saying, people could have thoughts of that. Nothing wrong, I mean, you, you've got to take authority over it. Here's what I want to do. Here's what the Lord showed me to do. If you've had thoughts of suicide, or, because you're not going to know who or what, because there's a couple things here, or you feel like you've done everything in your, in, in your power, you've used your faith, and you just don't seem like you're breaking free of the situation in your life, I want you to come up here. I'm going to pray for you, and the Lord's going to break that off of you. All right, suicide, you feel like you've, you've used your faith and you're kind of at an end with, you, you need help. You need, you need help to get on the other side of something. If that's you, come on forward here and I'll pray for you. And God will break that off of you. Because that's a, that's a yoke. God doesn't want you to be in bondage. He wants you set free. All right? Also, if you keep getting harassed in your mind, you're constantly harassed in your mind, I want you to come forward. That has to be broken off of you. Suicide, harassment, depression. Do you battle depression? That's not of God. That's not of God. God will break that off of you. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God.